How are we doing, Redeemer? Uh, if you're joining us uh, and you're not a part of uh, Redeemer, we're glad you're tuning in today. Uh, my name's Chris, one of the pastors here. Uh, I got a few announcements real quickly to walk through. Uh, if you're just joining us, like I said today, this is your first time even connecting with our church. Uh, we'd love to have the opportunity to connect with you in person. Uh, but uh, in this time, we would ask that maybe you send an email to us at info at redeemerbloomington.org. We'd love to help get you connected to our community online uh, to get you signed up for Realm. Well, you'll have all the information about what's going on in the church, uh, as well as opportunities to connect with people through community community groups online, uh, some classes that we'll be offering. Uh, by the way, all of our community groups have moved online in this season. Uh, if you're not connected to a group already, uh, what, what a better time uh, than now to connect uh, with some people over a Zoom call, to, to connect together, to share how you're doing, to pray for one another, and all of that. Um, you can reach out again to info at redeemerbloomington.org if you're not a part of a group already, and we'd love to help you get connected uh, with a community group. Uh, we're offering a few classes in the next few weeks to just kind of take advantage of this time that we're in and to try to seek to equip one another uh, to, to continue following the Lord, pressing into Him, and, and sharing His Word and His truth with others. And so the first of those classes is a Foundations for Family Worship class that'll actually be on Zoom tonight at 6.30 p.m. Uh, you can find that link on Realm. Uh, we'll also have a class on how to study God's Word in depth uh, this Wednesday night at 6.30 uh, on Zoom as well. want to let you know that the food pantry continues to serve many people in the neighborhood and in community here, and we would encourage encourage you uh, as you are able to continue to drop off uh, donations uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays between the hours of 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. to continue to try to serve the, the community right around us here uh, through the food pantry. We understand that this is a, this is a devastating season uh, for so many uh, people uh, in, our, in our city, even in our church. Uh, we want to continue to be in a position to serve and support and care for those uh, in, in the body as well as those in our community. And, and so more now than ever, it's important that we continue as we're able to be faithful in, in giving to the church. Uh, we also have uh, church planners and missionaries uh, across the globe that we are connected to and, and partnering with, and we want to continue to just be able to supply for their need, especially some of them uh, where they will, be, they will be experiencing some increasing hardships financially in some of those new churches in particular. And so we want to be able to be really faithful and even maybe be positioned to help them out more. Uh, and so we just want to continue uh, to encourage you to give faithfully to Redeemer online uh, via Realm. Uh, you can also access online giving through our website on the, the homepage there. There's a tab, uh, RedeemerBloomington.org. Uh, giving, we need to remember, is an exercise of faith, and it's a way for us to worship God tangibly with our stuff. It's not just a way for churches to collect money to, to uh, do services and, and have uh, lights on and all that sort of thing, but it, it's actually a thing for us, an opportunity for us to really trust God to trust God for his provision, to, to exercise our faith. And we want the generosity of Christ, who though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that by his poverty he might make us rich in him. We want to let his generosity motivate us to continue to give generously. 
And lastly, if, if any of you in our body are, are, are experiencing, uh, you know, need at this time uh, in any way, uh, whether, whether you're, you're really overcome with fear, whether you've lost a job and you're in need financially, uh, whatever it is, we want you to reach out to us. Uh, the pastors, the staff, we are here. We're available for you. We love to connect with you, love to pray with you, care for you, and seek to, to to come alongside you practically in the ways that we are able. And so please, please reach out to us. Well, this is a, an unprecedented season for all of us where in order to love and care for our neighbors, uh, we need to actually distance ourselves from them and, and stay away, stay at home, uh, except for going out for essential needs. It, it feels so strange. Like this, this feels so strange. It's scary. It's, it could be overwhelming for, for a lot of us. I mean, I have just become one of thousands of new reformed televangelists today. Uh, and that is, that is so strange uh, to, to think about. But, but while our world is, has changed so quickly and we're all adjusting to new normals, we need to remember that our God has not changed. He is still good. He is still with us. And he is still very much at work in our lives and in our community. And for that reason, uh, as pastors here, we believe that what we need most in this season is the gospel. What we need most is, is God's word. And because we believe that God's word is, is sufficient and that basically at any page of scripture, it, it has the opportunity to speak into our lives, to speak into this moment. Uh, our intention for now is to continue in our, our study of Exodus. And so this week we come to Exodus chapters 19 and 20. God's people have been redeemed uh, from slavery in Egypt, uh, and God has led them out into the wilderness. He's drawn them into himself, and now they have come to Mount Sinai, where God plans to meet with his people. He reminds them of what he's done to redeem them. He, he gives them instructions on, uh, for how they are to live as his people, but much more than a list of rules to follow, the, the Ten Commandments are meant to show God's people their need for redemption. Their call to live as God's ambassadors and God's provision of grace for both their need and their call. That's what we're going to see as we dig into Exodus chapter 19. We're basically working from verse 1 in chapter 19 all the way to chapter 20, verse 21. We'll be reading today from Exodus 19, just verses 4 through 6. So I invite you to turn there in your Bibles there in your living rooms. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6. Hear the word of the Lord. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for the, all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are, are grateful, uh, even in this moment, uh, for uh, technology that allows us, uh, uh, when it works properly, to connect and, 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 uh, and even worship together. Lord, we thank you uh, that you are still God, and you are still very much in control. You are still good. You are still with us. Uh, and Lord, we, we thank you that you, you still have purpose for us, even when we're 
staying at home and, and seeking to love our neighbor by, by distancing ourselves. Lord, we pray uh, that you'd open your word to us today, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that you'd show us how you would, would want us to live as your people in this moment on mission for you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, in Exodus 19 and 20, uh, we see our need for redemption. We see our, our call to be God's people who bear his name. And we see God's provision of grace for both our need and our call. And so first, we, we see our need for redemption. It was super plain and obvious to the, to the Israelites when they were in slavery in Egypt that they needed redemption. They desperately needed to be redeemed out of that slavery. They needed rescue. They needed to be set free. And God was faithful to his word to provide that rescue. He reminds his people here in verse 4 what he did to, uh, to the Egyptians and how he rescued his people and, and from, from the Egyptians and brought them to himself. In Exodus 20, before God gives the Ten Commandments, again, he reminds the people in verse 2. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God was faithful to his covenant with Abraham. He was faithful to all of his promises, faithful to redeem Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, It's important uh, that we take note here of this biblical pattern that we're seeing in Exodus 19 and in Exodus 20. That God redeems his people before he makes known his requirements of his people. He redeems before he he gives the requirements. The the Ten Commandments are not given as a way for God to tell people, hey, get your lives together and then maybe I'll think about redeeming you. That's not what he's doing there. But rather, God rescues his people. He redeems them first. He draws them out to himself. And then he says, this is how you should live as my people. This is what your life, live for me, should look like now. Because I have rescued you. It's important that we we understand that, that we make that distinction. But it's also important that we understand that even then, the the commandments are, are still not showing us how to get our lives together after the fact. But they're still exposing to us our desperate need for God, our desperate need for his rescue, our desperate need for his redemption. In Exodus 20, verses 3 through 17, we see the Ten Commandments. Right? We'll walk through all 10 of them here real quickly. You shall have no other gods, but you should worship the one true God alone. You shall not make or worship idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain, which really, more than just misusing his name or saying it inappropriately, is really talking about the call upon our lives to bear God's name in the way that we live our lives before the world, honoring him in every way that we live, honoring his name. Right, living our lives before the face of God. That's really kind of all that's wrapped into that commandment the, to not take the name of the Lord in vain. You shall keep the Sabbath holy, right? To rest in the Lord, to trust in his provision, to display that trust by resting from our labors one day a week, to, to rest in him and, and really enjoy his grace in that moment. Uh, to honor your father and mother, to don't murder, right? Don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't covet. Those are the 10 commandments. The first four dealing with how we relate uh, with God, the last six dealing with how we relate with one another. But, but here's the deal. We break all of them. We break all of them. Christians break all 10 commandments. We break them all the time. Everyone fails to keep these, 
John Calvin uh, famously said that the the human heart is an idol-making factory. We are constantly manufacturing God's idols to worship in place of the one true God. Whether it's control or approval from others or security, comfort, pleasure, so on. Right? Has this season, these past couple of weeks, not exposed in all of us these idols? Right? As we've seen how not in control we really are. I mean, we weren't in control before. We just maybe thought we were. But, but that's been exposed now. We, we are not in control. We can't even get together in a, a restaurant or a bar or even a, a living room with lots of people to try to win their approval right now. That, is, that has been taken from us. Uh, the security of, of jobs and investments and bank accounts are, are looking like bigger and bigger question marks these days, let alone the security of our health and the health of our loved ones. We worship all sorts of idols, all sorts of lesser gods, all of the time. And so often our lives carry God's name in a way that damages his reputation with others. We fail to rest in him and to trust in his provision. And just as we break all the commandments relating to God, we we break all the commandments about how we're to relate to one another. We do not honor mom and dad. And if we're honest, moms and dads in this season where we've suddenly all this, you know, all at once we are now all homeschool teachers that we did not sign up for, we may not be honoring and loving our children the way that we should be either. Jesus shows us how with our words of anger, we kill our brothers and sisters. How with our eyes, we, we look lustfully upon a, a human being in person or on a computer screen and we commit adultery in our hearts. We steal toilet paper from everyone else, right? We hoard it for ourselves. Like, I don't, but, but I, you know who you are out there, uh, that you, you're, you've done that, right? And you will not spare a square. Uh, we gossip. We, we slander others bearing false witness. We covet. We long for what someone else has. Toilet paper right now. We all need it. Uh, we break all the commandments is what I'm saying. All of the time we're, we're breaking the commandments. The law of God shows our need for redemption. For the law condemns all of us as guilty. And because we're all guilty, we rightfully deserve God's just judgment. The sentence of death that we, we are now under, rightfully so. Eternal separation from God. The just penalty for our rebellion for our rebellion against God. And this shows us that there, there are worse things than coronavirus. There is a pandemic, right, that is far worse and much more widespread. In fact, it has infected everyone already. And that pandemic is sin. All of us are infected. All of us are without a cure. And all of us stand in need of a rescue. And throughout Exodus 19, God is giving these instructions for for how people are are needing to consecrate themselves to prepare for God's presence to be in their midst. And this exposes us. God is holy and you are not. He is holy. You are not. You need redemption. You need rescue. You need to be made righteous and clean to stand before him. And in this moment that we're, we're living in, we, we don't simply need to be redeemed from a virus and redeemed from having to stay in our houses all the time. We need redemption from sin. If there's a vaccine and a cure tomorrow for COVID-19, 
and we can all get back to our lives and, and the stock markets soar and jobs are plentiful, even then, apart from Christ, we'll all stand just as diseased and just as in need of redemption as we all feel like we do, we do today. We need a spiritual rescue more than we need coronavirus to go away. Ultimately, the Ten Commandments are pointing us to our need for Jesus. That's what they're there for. The second thing we see here is our call to be God's people who bear his name. Look back at what God instructs Moses to say to the people in in Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6. He says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In these opening verses of Exodus 19, right, first, even before verses 5 and 6, we're seeing God's faithfulness to his promise. If you remember back in Exodus 3, 12, uh, God had told Moses there that after he worked through Moses to bring the people of, of Israel out of Egypt, he would bring all of God's people to that holy mountain where they would worship him. And God has, is now doing that, right? He keeps his promises. He keeps his promise to rescue his people. He keeps his promise to draw them in to himself. But in verses 5 and 6, we see that God also sends his people out. He sends them out to bear his name before a watching world. God says three things here about Israel. First, he says that they are his treasured possession, God loves and he delights in his people. He has has chosen them to be his people. He's led them out to draw them in. That's what we see in this opening first section of of Exodus here through through these, these first 19, 20 chapters. He's led them out to draw them in. But that's not the end of the story. Israel was chosen from the world, but they were also chosen for the world. Secondly, God says that they are to be a kingdom of priests. The priests in the Old Testament, they served as mediators between God and the people. They represented God to the people, and they represented the people to God. And the priests in the Old Testament, through their presence, through their activity, they help enable the possibility of relationship between the people and God. A priestly, as a priestly kingdom, the entire nation of Israel were to represent God to the world by living on mission. And they were to represent the world to God through prayer, praying to God on on the world's behalf. Their lives were meant to reflect the glory of God to the world around them and give the world a picture of God's love and goodness and mercy and holiness. Third, God calls Israel to be a holy nation. Essentially, God's telling his people here in these commandments, be holy as I am holy. As, as his people, they were meant to reflect and embody God's character, his distinct character before the nations of the world. They are meant to be a light to the nations through the way that they live their lives and conduct themselves. They're meant to be a light calling the people of the world to, to God. In other words, we should understand that the Ten Commandments are, are a missional mandate. They're missional They're given to shape the life of Israel so that as a people, they would display the love and grace of God. And this is our call. This is your call as a follower of Jesus. Writing to believers in the New Testament, Peter uses this language from Exodus 19 in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 
He says there, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, this missional call given to Israel at Mount Sinai finds its fulfillment in the church, in you, in me, in us. In the church, we are, we are to be a people redeemed to bear God's name. We are to be a, a people chosen, chosen to be a kingdom of priests who make Jesus known to the world around us. The church is to be a holy nation that embodies Christ's love and grace, his, his holiness in the way that we live and we relate to one another uh, and in the way that we serve the world around us. We are to proclaim the wonderful works of Christ that he has accomplished to rescue us from sin and death, to redeem us. We are to proclaim those works to the nations. We are to make that proclamation both with our words and by the way we live distinctively holy lives. But maybe the most natural question that you're wanting to ask that, that any of us are asking right now is, but how do I live this way now? Right? How, do, how do I live this way? How do I live on mission while I'm stuck in my house? While I'm, I'm loving my neighbor by staying away and staying at home to keep everyone safe. Well, one way we can love our neighbor right now is doing just that, right? Stay, stay at home, only going out for the essentials we need to do, doing our part to stop the spread, flatten the curve, right? But there's, but there's more that we can be doing. There's more than that that we can be doing even while we do that. We can still reach out to our neighbors. We can still reach out to them, whether it's, you know, uh, through a Zoom call or FaceTime or a Google Hangout, right? Uh, we, can, we can reach out to them as we're walking in our neighborhoods to escape our house for a little bit of fresh air, right? Or we see them walking by our house for a little bit of fresh air. We could still step out on the porch, keep a safe distance and say, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Do you have everything that you need? Right? We can still reach out and care for our neighbors. You know, so many people, if you've, if you've gone to the grocery store or even gone for a walk maybe in your neighborhood, you've probably noticed that people in this time are so frightened that they won't even speak to you. Some of them won't even look at you in the eye. And, and you and I, we can be different from that. We can still extend the love and grace of, of Christ as we keep our distance and honor our government and, and what we've been called to do here. We can still smile, right? We can still say, hey, how are you? Are, are you doing okay? There's still a way to honor social distancing and still love people. And we need to do that. Hopefully, as Christ followers, we're, we're spending more time filling our minds with, with God's word, God's truth, than we are uh, filling our minds with, with news articles right now. Not that we shouldn't be informed, but, but this may be a special moment, a special opportunity for many of us to really dive in to God's word, to let it saturate our hearts and our minds with, with the truth of scripture, right? With the truth of who, who Christ is. Hopefully, as we're in that word, it is assuring us, reminding us that even while this world is in, in, in chaos and desolation, our God is still with us. Our God is still with us. Our God is still in control. Hopefully we can remember that our hope is not in our health or, or staying alive, 
right? But, but our hope is in the eternal life that we receive through faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that, abiding in that, can help us to offer our neighbors a non-anxious presence in a time that is incredibly anxious and fearful. That we could be a non-anxious presence to, to come alongside them from six feet apart, at least, and say, how are you doing? Do you have everything that you need? Can I pray for you? Can I, can I share the hope of Christ with you and offer you some encouragement in this time? And we can seek to share the peace that we have in Jesus with them, sharing why, why Jesus gives us hope even in a crazy time like this. We can also serve those who are in need, rallying to support people in our, in our church, in our body here, and also in our community who are suddenly out of work and experiencing greater need. We can help direct them to resources that are available to them in the community. We can give food, donate food to the food pantry right now. We can share our resources to help others pay their bills and, and get by in this moment. We can still practice hospitality in, the, in this season, providing shelter to those who need a safe place to stay through this season. So hunkering down together, quarantining ourselves with those folks who need a safe place. We can offer uh, fellowship while, while honoring social distancing by regularly checking in and connecting via technology with those who, who live alone in particular, who might be dying a different kind of death in this season as they feel completely isolated from others. We can care for those who are sick, those who might be at more risk of getting sick and, and really getting seriously ill by going to the store to get their groceries and their prescriptions filled for them. There may be even a time when some of us will be called to follow in the footsteps of Christians throughout the history of the church during seasons of plague and, and disease, where we, in faith, show courageous love in offering direct care for those who are sick. Clearly, we appreciate all of our medical professionals all of our first responders who are doing that day by day right now. We are grateful for you and your service. But, but while um, none of us should be reckless in our actions, Christian duty may compel many more of us to care for a sick neighbor, to care for a, a sick family member, as if we were caring for Christ himself in the spirit of Matthew 25, displaying the love of Christ and displaying that we fear God, not man and not a virus even. We have a call to live as God's people who bear his name. But on our own, we will never be able to do that. We'll never be able to fulfill that call and live up to it. Thankfully, our passage points us ultimately to God's provision of grace for our need and our call. In Exodus 19 and 20, uh, both begin with God reminding his people how he has redeemed them out of slavery in Egypt. And the commandments themselves are God's way of not only exposing our need for redemption from sin and death, but also pointing us to the one who accomplishes that redemption. God exposes our need, but he also sends his son. He also sends his son. Jesus comes and he alone perfectly keeps all of God's commandments in our place. And then he willingly exchanges his perfect obedience for the cross, where he goes to die the death that we deserve for our disobedience for our failure to live the holy lives that God calls us to live. Jesus dies that death that we deserve in our place 
to redeem us from sin and death once and for all. He's resurrected to display his, his victory in our place. He ascends to the Father's right hand in heaven to intercede on our behalf. And we can know that Jesus has done everything needed to accomplish our redemption, to rescue us from sin and death and give us forgiveness and grace to make us righteous before a holy God. No more need to consecrate ourselves and try to clean ourselves up. Jesus has made us clean in the sight of God. He's done it all. He gives us life, eternal life, the assurance that one day we will be resurrected with him in glory. And there, no, no virus, no disease, no sickness, no death will be able to touch us ever again. This provision of grace, it not only supplies our need for our need for redemption, but it also empowers us to live out our call to bear Christ's name. Remembering how Jesus emptied himself, how he made himself nothing, the lengths that he went to to pursue us in love, to rescue us, to redeem us. That's what moves us to love our neighbor as ourself. His rescue of us is what moves us to seek grateful lives, seek to live grateful lives of obedience, displaying his love and grace in the way that we love and serve one another, proclaiming the good news of Jesus' finished work of redemption to a world that is desperately in need of rescue. The peace that we have because of all Jesus has done for us is what enables us to live with joy and peace in such an anxious world allowing us to point those living in fear to the one who loves and is with us and is able to give them peace too. Friends, we may be shut up in our homes today, but God is with us. He's with us. He's with you. Jesus is still at work in your life. He's still at work in our community, and he still has work for us to join him in. You were redeemed to bear his name before a world that desperately needs to know him. So let's seize the opportunity that is before us. While we are longing to return to some sense of normalcy, right? Going to restaurants and coffee shops, going to our jobs, watching sporting events, going to concerts, hosting cookouts in our backyards, gathering together on Sunday morning to worship together and share in the Lord's Supper. While we're longing in this season where we, we long for all those things, but we're going without them. Let's not miss out on what God wants to do in and through us. Many of us right now have an incredible opportunity to really devote ourselves to God's word, to dig in, to study, to abide in it, to allow it to shape us with the love and grace of Jesus. We also have an incredible opportunity to offer an anxious world a loving, non-anxious presence as we smile, as we care for our neighbors, as we share the good news of Jesus. May the Lord use this season to bring many to faith. May Jesus expose the emptiness of our idols and use us to point others to the hope that we can only have in Christ. Even now, may we live as his people for his glory and for the good of many, many people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are 
We are grateful that you are God who is with us. You are the God who is in control. God, that you love us, that you have redeemed us to be your people, to be your people with a purpose, Lord. And let us not forget that in this season. We pray by your grace that you would allow us to really press into you with our own fears, with our own anxieties, to bring them to you and let you assure us and comfort us of your presence with us. Let you uh, reassure us and comfort us with the, the hope that we have in Christ, that, that what we're going through is not the end, all defining moment of our lives, but the cross of Christ and his empty tomb are the end, all defining moments of our lives. And because of that, we have hope and we can have peace even now. Lord, we pray that you, you would enable us to press in by your spirit to, to abide in that and to share it with others, to share that hope, to share that peace, to share that joy with our neighbors, with our city, with our world that desperately needs it. God, we pray even now you'd use us for your glory and for the good of others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.